Hey guys, welcome to Journey Online. We're so glad you're joining us again today. Today we start a new series called uh, Scared World and Fearless Church. And we know that there are a lot of people that are battling fears and there's some people that are scared. They're scared of getting sick, which is understandable with this pandemic going on and, and uh, with the many lives that have been lost. I understand people being scared of that. Some people are scared of the government. I understand that too. I fully get your uh, concern there. Some people are scared of losing their, you know, their, their freedoms. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been infringed upon. We see people kind of, you know, kind of getting beyond maybe their their ability to to lead or maybe the area that they're responsible for, kind of crossing some lines. People not staying in their lane, if you will. Some are scared that they will lose everything. I mean, financially, they're losing their jobs, they're losing their businesses, and so there's a good reason for people to be, you know, scared of some of those things or worried about those who don't know Christ. And uh, some are scared it's the end of the world. You know, they're 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 afraid. Hey, is this the end of time? And maybe, you know, for them, they're beginning to ask, you know, maybe I need to get right with God. You know, we just finished a a four-part series just a few weeks ago um, on hope. You know, people are looking for hope. And uh, we we mentioned in there, we talked about in there, that there's there's people looking and asking questions and buying Bibles and doing things. And they're searching and they're wanting to hear, you know, truth. They want to hear good news. And so for us as a church, this is important for us. And we need to know that people need hope. There's no reason to keep going if you don't have hope. And so what we want to do is we want to kind of unpack a few things. We've talked about this for a few weeks. This could be really one of the greatest times in history where people turn to Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, it could be one of the greatest times ever in the history of the world. Uh, There's so many people that are looking that we live in an information age where people are able to go online. People are able to Google this and Google that. Now, the bad thing about that is a lot of times you get a lot of junk out there, and there's some crazy teachings that are out there. But the thing is, is there are people that are searching, and it's an information age. We've got great technology. We've got ways of getting the word out better than ever before. So this really could be an an incredible time, potentially a great awakening. And so as followers of Christ, we are what you would call hope dealers. Hope dealers. You know, I love that that uh, term, it's used a lot of times in, in Celebrate Recovery. They, they say, hey, we're hope dealers. They have shirts that say we're hope dealers. And that's what we do, man. We offer hope. We share hope. We, we share it through our lifestyle. We share it through maybe just the message that we have. We share it through our love for people. And, man, we, we want people to know there is hope. God, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and, and we want people to experience that. We want them to know Christ and to walk with Christ and to be able to live in the freedom that Christ offers. And so, as far as Christ, we're, we're hope dealers. And we, we want to be intentional about how we live our life. And we want to be intentional about sharing the hope of the world. This could also be one of the most fertile times to be planting the seed of God's Word in the hearts of people. This could be one of the, the, the most fertile times. You know, we, we talk about when, the, when you're getting ready to plant. You know, oftentimes, I don't know if you guys remember way back, but a lot of farmers lived and died by the almanac, you know, and they had to know, hey, what was the right time to plant? What was the right time to prepare the soil? What was the right time, you know, to put the seed in the ground? And so there's, there's, you have to ask that question, hey, what is the right time? You know, we, we've been asking as a church, hey, what's the right time to start back doing in-person services? And I know some of you are thinking, hey, it's the right time right now. But we're not thinking about just one group. We're trying to think about the whole church as a whole. And uh, so our leadership, our elders and our, our uh, leadership got together this past week. And we decided, hey, you know what, we're going to take it slow. We're going to move slowly back into this. But this could be a most fertile time for the church to be planting and sharing 
the Word of God. I think it's an incredible time. And so, as Christ followers, as far as Christ, we need to be seed sowers. We need to be sowing the Word of God, sowing the seed of God's Word into people's lives. And we need to look for ways to do that and opportunities to do, to do that. You know, I, I do a devotion for an accounting firm here in our, our, our city, and, and one of the things I share with them is, hey, listen, you know, you know, maybe there's a coworker that you work with that maybe you just share oh, just a, a word of encouragement, a scripture, you know, uh, just to give them hope. You know, just to maybe they're going through a tough season. Maybe they're afraid. But share scripture. You know, maybe pray with someone. Call someone up and ask them, hey, how are you doing? You know, are you doing okay? How's your family? And maybe they're, they're not doing so well. Maybe they're doing great. doesn't matter where they're at. But you say, hey, listen, do you mind if I pray with you? Not very many people will turn down you know, prayer, the opportunity to pray over you. And so, as, as followers of Christ, we're seed sowers. And we should be, should be sowing the seed of God into the lives of the people around us, especially our family. In this season, moms and dads, I would encourage you to be sharing the Word of God with your kids. You know, you know maybe a verse of the day. You know, you give them a verse of the day. You can set that up on your phone. You can have a, a new scripture sent to your phone every day. You can send, have it sent to your email or whatever. And, and so I think that's important for us to have, you know, for us to allow God to put the Word of God into us, but we also should be sowing that into the lives of the people around us. There's a parable I want to share with you today, and many of you guys are familiar with this one. It's the parable of the farmer scattering seed. And so the, the, the farmer, this is in Matthew thir- chapter 13, verses 3 through 9. And so Jesus is telling this story, he's telling this parable, you know, and, and oftentimes he would tell these stories. And uh, Jesus was a storyteller. I, I love that. He wasn't, a, he wasn't telling uh, bad stories. He wasn't a liar. He was telling stories. He was telling stories that people could relate to, they could connect with, they understood. And, and so in this one, he's telling a story. It says he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his fields, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the, under the hot sun, and since they didn't have any deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell along the thorns that grew up and choked out the, the, the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Jesus is teaching in this moment here, and he says, hey, listen, if you've got ears to hear, listen to me. And I would say that to you today. Maybe you're there, and, and, and man, you're, you're hearing today. You're hearing the Word of God. It's being read to you. But hear not just with your ears, but also to hear with your heart. Hear the message that God is speaking to you, that God is wanting you to hear. And so one of the things I'll, I'll tell you before we ever started this, man, we began to pray for God to prepare the hearts of the people for the teaching and the sowing of God's Word into their life. And, and, and so this is a, a powerful time here for us to read this. And so we, we see that this, this, this picture, if you will, of this seed being sown. And I don't know about you, maybe you grew up with you know, a family that farmed. And you know, my dad used to always plant a ton of tomatoes every year. So he would plant really more tomatoes than he could take care of. But he would plant those tomato plants and... He would get them, and he would sometimes go and, when he got older in life, he would go and sell them on the side of the road. But I can remember helping plant, you know, and, and doing that. But one thing I do remember is, you know, uh, in, in hunting clubs and stuff that I was in, we sowed wheat and, and uh, in, you know, and grain-type uh, seed, if you would, 
And so we would sow it. We would have a broadcaster. Oftentimes a little thing, and maybe you guys have ever done that in your yard with your grass seed. You'll sit there and you'll use a little broadcaster. But back in the old day, man, what they would do is they'd take a, a handful of seed, and they would take that handful of seed, and they would get it in their hand, and they would just broadcast it, you know, and just kind of wherever the seed fell. And as the parable is saying, some fell in the right places, some fell in bad places, some fell, you know, in places that didn't last at all, but the birds came and ate it up. And so it's a great picture, and I don't know about you, but I, you know, I can see that in my mind. I can see that farmer broadcasting that seed. I can see him walking through there and casting the seed and it falling where it may. But the thing is, is there's an explanation, and if we drop down into Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, Jesus gives us the explanation. And so look at what it says. It says, Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted by believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. There's a lot of worries going on right now, and the lure of wealth, and so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good ground, on good soil, represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even a 100 times as much as had been planted. And so in that passage we see where Jesus talks about the different types of soil, the different types of ground. And, and so I want us to kind of unpack that a little bit today as we look at it. And Jesus kind of gave that explanation there. He, he told us, hey, what this is about. And so the first one we see is the hard ground. You know, and the hard ground is someone who is hardened by sin. You know, become hardened. You know, and, and maybe, and, and I've seen guys who would tell me, they'd say, man, you know, I, I've, I've been too bad. God can't save me. And they would just become so hard by sin. Some of them didn't even want anything to do with God. Some of them hated God. They hated the Word of God. They hated the church. They hated people. They hated anybody and everybody, it seemed like. But they'd become so hard. Man, and, and it's hard ground. It's like, man, as soon as it comes out, as soon as it hits the ground, the birds snatch it away, if you will. The, the evil one snatches it away. And so that heart, that heart is so hard. It's not that God can't save them. It's just they become so hardened by sin in their life. And, and so it becomes bird food. That seed becomes bird food in that, in that situation. Here's the second one. It's the rocky ground. The rocky ground is one, one who shows delight with the Word, but no change. In other words, they go, man, I love what the, the message says, but there's no change whatsoever in their life. There's some people that they hear the gospel and go, man, I would love to be saved. I would love to have a relationship with God. I would love to know that I'm going to heaven. I would love that. And so they're excited, but there's no surrender. There's no change. There's no real acceptance, if you will. So there's no, no real change there. And then the next one there is the thorny ground. Someone who's receiving, the, uh, who's receiving uh, of the word is choked out by competing things in life. You know, they hear the gospel and, and maybe they go, you know, this is something that I really you know, need in my life, but the allure of other things is way more important. And what I think about is the rich young ruler. I think about the rich young ruler who, he comes to Jesus and he asks, he says, Jesus, he said, what, what must a man be, do to be saved? And Jesus tells him, hey man, these are the things. And he goes, man, I've done those things since I was a kid. He goes, well then sell your possessions and give them to the poor. And it says the guy walked away, you know, sad because he was a man of great wealth. You know, he was, he loved Jesus. He wanted salvation. He wanted to be saved. 
But man, he loved his stuff more. And Jesus knew the condition of his heart. It's like we, we see here, we see the conditions of the heart. And so Jesus knew, you know what, that that would always get in the way of his relationship with God. That really, he just wanted Jesus to be in the mix, not to be the Lord of his life. And there's oftentimes we're that way. We have plenty of people who, they want everything that this world has to offer. And they want Jesus just kind of thrown in, kind of put a little seasoning on it, if you will. But it, we can't have that type of life. And here's the last one, the good ground. The good ground is the one who hears the, the Word of God, understands, and receives the Word. It's the one who hears it. You know, like, like I, I pray right now, I pray for everybody listening to this, that you have ears to hear, and that your heart is receptive, and that your heart is good ground. And I know some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not a good person. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know this, and I don't know that, and, and maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe you've had somebody your whole life telling you that you'll never amount to anything. You're not good enough. I'm telling you, God says you are. And if your heart is surrendered, if your heart is open, if your ears are hearing the gospel, hearing the good news, then, then what Jesus is saying, listen, I'll step into you and I'll make you greater than you could ever imagine. I'll do incredible things in you and through you. And, he, and here's the thing, you become a part of the family of God. And so the thing is, it's, it's the condition of the heart that we say, God, here is my heart. God, I want you to come and live in me. I want you to live through me. I want you to change me. I want you to save me. I want you to teach me how to live the way that Jesus did. And so here's what I love about that is, man, if, if our hearts are right, if our hearts are ready, man, God's Word, whenever it's sown, again, when, when the seed of the Word of God, I think about the seed here being broadcast all over. And, and what I love about that is it's the Word of God. And so the Word of God we read in, in the Gospel of John, it says, Jesus was the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And so Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the Word that it became flesh. The Word of God being sown, the good news, the Gospel, the Gospel message, that is good news for you and for me that we can be in right standing with God because of what Christ has done on the cross, because of what Christ did through the power of the resurrection. The resurrection changes everything. And so it changes your life, it changes my life, and we allow the power of the resurrection to begin to work in and through us. And I love this. I love this. Whenever we experience the power of the resurrection, Jesus places His Holy Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us and comforts us and teaches us. Man, it's incredible to know that God puts a part of Him within us to lead us through life. And so here's, here's what I would say to those of us that are believers, this next part. We all have a part and sharing this good news. Everybody does. And I know there's some of you that you say, well, you know, I don't have the gift of evangelism, Mike. Maybe you do. And, and here's the thing. We are all called to be evangelists. We're all called to share the good news. We are commissioned as believers to go and make disciples and, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone is. Every believer, every Christian, if you have put your faith in Christ, you are commissioned, you are commanded, if you will, to go and share the hope of the world. It, it, and I know some of you, we talk about being scared. Some of you are living like the world. You're more scared than you are bold because you're, you're worried about what the world thinks. You're afraid you don't know enough or you're afraid that, hey, maybe, maybe they won't listen to me or maybe I'm going to offend them. You're going to push them away. You maybe think, hey, I'm going to push them away. If they're already far from God, they're already away from God. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to be courageous. Help me to be bold. Help me to be fearless in sharing my faith. I love this passage here. It's, listen to what it says here. It says, when one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting like people of the world? Now, let me explain what's happening there. 
Paul's writing here to the church, and he said, hey, listen, some of you guys are getting caught up in who, you know, who, who the leader is and all this stuff. And he's just saying, hey, listen, we're all on the same team. He says, we're all, you know, you guys are people, acting like people of the world. After all, who is Apollos? And who, who, who is Paul? We are only God's servants to whom you believed the good news. God just used them as a vessel. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted a seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their, hard, their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Here's what I love about that. You know, I may be able to sow the seed of God's word into someone's life. I may be able to share the gospel with someone. But they may not receive Christ. Even today, I may be able to share with you, but you know what? I pray that there's being seed planted in your life. There may be a day that someone else comes along and they water that and they pray for you. They encourage you. And there'll be a day when God reaps the harvest. See, it's the Lord of the harvest that reaps it. And so God is drawing you right now. He's drawing men and women unto himself. He wants a relationship with you. He wants it so much that he would send his own son to the cross so that you might live, that I might live. And, and, And so when we look at this, it says, and you are God's field. God, God is he's sowing the seed of his word into your life. Let it fall on good soil. Here, here's what I would say. A lot of times we're afraid of witnessing. But witnessing is this. Witnessing is sharing Christ, Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. That's all it is. And I know sometimes we, we, we feel like, well, I've got to go through training and I've got to be able to, you know, know these, memory, these verses by memory. And I think that's always beneficial. But I'm just telling you, what we've got to be willing to do is we've got to be willing to share Jesus Christ, you know, who is so important to us, share it with someone what we have learned, what we have experienced. We need to tell them about the Jesus that we know, and we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I love about that. The Holy Spirit will give you words. And oftentimes he'll bring scriptures back to memory that you thought, man, I didn't even know I knew that verse. But because of the working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is working in that person that you're sharing with, and He's working in you as you share the gospel, as you sow the seed, as you begin to plant seeds in their life. Here's the thing. God is already at work. And we've just got to trust Him with the results. We've got to just say, God, I trust you. And so God just helped me to be obedient to share. I don't have to reap the harvest. He does that. I don't have to be the one to do that. But what I do have to do is do everything I can to convince them, you know, about my relationship with Christ. Let them see the change in me. Let them see the change in you. And so we've just got to trust God with the results. And too often we feel like I shared the gospel. They didn't pray to receive Christ and I'm a failure. No, you're not. You're obedient. You share the gospel. Someone else will come along. They'll water it. Someone else will come along. They'll fertilize it. Someone else will come along and they will do something. And there will be a point where their eyes will be open, the gospel will be clear to them, they will understand, they will receive it, and their life will be changed forever. And so Paul reminds us in this, to live wisely in trying times and to devote ourselves to prayer. We're living in trying times as much as I've ever experienced in my life. This, my kids have asked me so many times in the very beginning of this pandemic, have we ever experienced anything like this? I said, not in my lifetime. And I know there's some people older than me out there that maybe you have experienced some things that were similar to this, but I'm just telling you, I've never experienced anything like this. And so what we've got to be willing to do is see the times we're living in as an opportunity. We've got to be willing to see the times we're living in as an opportunity. You know, I know it's easy to see things as half empty instead of half full. But I think it's important for us to see this as an opportunity. 
It's an opportunity to share the gospel. It's an opportunity to have conversations. It's an opportunity to talk with someone. It's an opportunity to shoot them a text. It's an opportunity to make a phone call. It's an opportunity. People are at home. I mean, you think about how many times in the past you would go to call somebody and they're never at home. You know, a lot of people don't even have a home phone. You know, but the thing is, is now you can catch them. They're not at work. Some people are, some people aren't. But the thing is, is all of that's beginning to change. But still, making the most of those opportunities. Colossians 4, 2-5 says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now, I think that's important for us as a church to understand. We do need to devote ourselves to prayer. Continually being in prayer. That doesn't mean that we're on our knees from you know 24 hours a day. That means we are constantly in a mindset of prayer. That man, There may be times that God says, hey, listen, I want you on your knees. I want you on your face. I want you pleading and praying before me over your family or over your friends or over your church. You know, and so we need to be in a mindset of prayer, but devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind that we, you know, we don't put our mind in a closet. We use our mind during this time as much as anything, asking God to give us wisdom, asking God to give us the right words, asking God to give us an opportunity. And he has. And we do that with a thankful heart. It says, look at this, pray for us to... Paul said, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. I love that. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. I love this part right here. He says, pray for me while I'm here in chains. He's not saying, hey, pray that the chains fall off. Pray that the pandemic goes away. You know, pray that whatever, and, I, and you might be saying, Mike, what are you, crazy? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in the situation that we say, God, use us in this pandemic. Do we want it to go away? Absolutely. But God, teach us to use the opportunity, to seize the opportunity, and to see it as an opportunity to be able to share the hope that we have, not to sit around and to focus on doom and gloom. Paul is in chains, but he says, man, pray that God will use me in this situation. So we've got to be able to say, God, use me in this situation. God, use me as your vessel. Proclaim the message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. For you and for me, we need to understand this. We need to live in a way that we're living wise. We're making good decisions. You know, a lot of people, you know, say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks you should. You know, not that you live in, in, you know, under their rule or whatever, but here's what I would say is people are watching you and they're watching me. They're watching to see how we respond. I had a friend of mine, his dad worked as a pipe fitter at IP down in Mobile when we were growing up. And I can remember him telling me, he said, uh, he said, you know, I'd be out there and I'd hit my finger. He said, and I'd grab it and I'd all, it's like EF Hutton. Everybody would stop to watch to see how he was going to respond because he was a believer. He was a pastor. And he said, and I always say, God, thank you for letting it only be one. That may be better than most of us would respond, but that's how he would respond. Because he knew that guys were watching him to see if he was real, if he was godly, if he was legit. So a couple of next steps I want you to take a look at. A couple of next steps maybe for you today. And here's the first one. Allow God to prepare your heart to receive the good news. I think about a farmer. You know, he has to prepare the soil. You know, and, and God, God is the gardener. And so God is preparing. He's working on your soul. And sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe we, we fight God. And we've just got to be willing to submit and surrender. Say, God, I want you to use me. I want you to work in me. And, and God, work through me. And here's another one. Allow Him to prepare your heart. Here's another. Hear God's love for you and receive it today. Hear the message of the gospel. Maybe today you just say, God, give me ears to hear. God, give me eyes to see. God, give me a heart to receive. Give me good soil. Lord, Father, give me good soil. And then here's the last one. Share God's good news with those 
in your life today. If you're a believer, man, share the good news with someone. Find someone that you know or you feel like, you know what, man, they're far from God. Maybe they're not a believer. And tell them what Christ has done in your life. Remember we talked about witnessing? Witnessing is, is sharing Jesus with someone through the power of the Holy Spirit and trusting God for the results. And it's kind of like if you go to a good restaurant or if you go to a, a cool store, you find a good deal. You're going to share with somebody what you've experienced. You, you go to a good restaurant, you have a good steak. You're going to go back and tell somebody, man, that place was amazing. And let me tell you about the food. And, and you're going to share with that. Well, here's the thing. You're sharing the, the bread of life. You're sharing something more important than a restaurant. You're sharing the hope of the world. And hopefully, prayerfully, you're as passionate about that as you are any of the food that you eat. And so we ought to be intentional as believers about sharing with Christ, sharing Christ with anybody and everybody that He gives us the opportunity. And that we make the most of this opportunity. And so I don't know about you, and I don't know where you are in your walk. Maybe today, for the first time, you realize that the Word of God, man, is the hope of the world. You realize that Jesus became flesh, He dwelt among us, and that seed has been planted in you over and over. Maybe today... You're allowing God to use that. You're hearing it for the first time, maybe with a spiritual heart and with spiritual ears. And, man, you're open and you're ready to receive Christ. I pray that you are. And if you are, man, right there where you are, you can get down. It doesn't matter. You can pull the car over to the side of the road, wherever you're hearing this. And you can put your faith in Christ for salvation. It's just saying, Jesus, I submit, I surrender, I give you my life. And just say, Jesus, I want to ask you, will you forgive me of the sins I've committed? There are many, and all of us have blown it. We've all messed up. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Jesus, will you forgive me of the sins I've committed? And Jesus, will you come into my life? And will you be my Lord? Will you be my Savior? And his answer is yes. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Man, he wants to spend time with you. And he wants to change you and transform you. And here's another incredible thing. He wants to use you for great and mighty things. And so just receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let, let Jesus fill you right now with His power and His presence. Let Him wash you clean. And let Him change you from this point forward. As you become a part of the family of God. As you become a child of God. Part of His family. How awesome is that? Maybe you're a believer. Maybe that's you right now. And you know, you know what? Man, I haven't been sharing my faith. I've been worried and fretting about what's going on in this world. This pandemic. I've been worried about my job. I've been worried about finances. I've been worried about... You know, school, I mean, I've been worried about things instead of trusting God, and I haven't been sharing my faith. Maybe maybe you're one of those believers where you just say, you know what, you would think I would be praying like crazy during this time, but I hadn't hardly prayed at all. I've done more worrying than I've done praying. And so maybe today you say, you know what, God, I want to commit myself, I want to devote myself to prayer. Praying for the church to expand, for the kingdom to expand, and praying for the lost to be saved. And God, I'm praying that you'll use me. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message of the gospel. I thank you that Jesus is life. God, I thank you that that seed, Lord Father, that is is sown into our life, the word of God, the gospel, the good news. God, I pray that it would fall on good soil today. God, I thank you that you love us and you care about us. God, I pray that you would prepare hearts today. I pray that you would prepare hearts tomorrow for those of us that are going to share our faith tomorrow. God, you prepare the hearts that hear it. Make their hearts good, good soil, God. So, Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for the privilege and, Lord Father, the opportunity just to share the gospel. Help us to take, uh, Lord Father, advantage of every opportunity, to seize the opportunity to share the hope that we have with someone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't it great to know that as followers of Christ, God has given us all these seeds that we're to go and share with others. It's such a great reminder to know that 
all we do is take the seeds that God's given us, and we have an opportunity to take this that seems so small and to plant into someone's life that can grow so big. I hope you take this week and you take the challenge yourself to take the seeds that God's given you and plant into others' lives. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that message full of vision. And congratulations to all of you that just made this life-changing decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. This is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will, text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen. We would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Again, we are so excited to see what all God does in you and through you.